definitely has the computerized sound going on. Then they're still throwing in the guitar riffs and you know, the drumming. No, but no, it's you, still you had like a guy on stage, dude. You know what I mean? It was like, oh yeah, I uh, work with like, a fella, dude. man, who was telling me uh, he was excited about a show he was going to go meet up with uh, some friends at on Friday night, and uh, he was telling me there's this one artist and there was one performer and then another guy and uh he likes both of their stuff and they're gonna be on stage together and there's a third guy who who's coming back out of like almost like a semi-retirement and he's gonna be up there on stage and i said oh like a doing like a jam there and he goes well yeah yeah sort of uh you know it was was three djs i guess who are (laughs) well known (laughs) They're just popular DJs, I guess. I, I don't know. And they they were going to be... It was a big deal, allegedly, and he wasn't sure if he was going to get tickets, but one of his roommates or somebody had scored one, and so, you know, because it's a sold-out event, it's a huge thing, and it's going to have the one DJ performing with the other DJ. And uh, I kind of asked him, like, well, how did, how did they do that? Like, what goes on in these DJ jams? Like... Do they go back and forth with the scratching of the uh, the disc there and all that? And he was just like, yeah, you know, I don't really know how it works, but uh, it's just pretty cool. Uh, you know, all three guys are up there, you know, with the music playing. At the same time? I yeah. I that. Well, I, th- I imagine they just put on, they press play, and then the three guys just stand there moving around a bunch of gizmos and gadgets <laughs> and make it look really cool, and they do some dance moves and wear funny hats and cool masks, you know, and there's all these lights. All right, yeah, to each his own. <laughs> yeah, I don't get that. But, you know, step back in time over in the 80s there, and you got Genesis rocking out on Land of Confusion, making sounds that sound like they're straight out of a time machine from the future. Right? They're well, that's why I mean, you would have a guy on stage, like, warping the guy's music. Absolutely. Like, real guys were playing music. Yes. You know? It wasn't like, I'm just going to take these clips and... Ah, whatever. Tweet your zone, I guess. <laughs> Man, do you know how you have no idea how much money you save by just not caring about what's cool? Right. Yeah. I mean, then you end up not going to these uh, kick-ass shows, man. You're missing out. Yeah, but are they really kick-ass? I mean, I don't know. I, I, you know, I'm a band guy. I like seeing the musicians jamming, and some shows are more worth others. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, we got old school acts coming through town again this summer. Blink one eighty two and Smashing Pumpkins and Green Day. And I don't care. Who, I swear to God, they've just made everything so unpleasant. Is it really fun? <laughs> like, do I really want to sit in traffic, drive downtown, <laughs> find parking, walk through all this fucking shit to get to this concert? Go stand in there, get ripped off for beer. Get ripped off for parking. Get ripped <laughs> off for everything else. And then I just stay there for a what like a two hour show, not even, and then I gotta go trek back, fight my way through traffic. Dude, none of it nah, no thanks. You know? Oh, totally. Emma and I every spring go through the same conversation. And I say, Hey, did you see the schedule over at Red Rocks? And she says, No. I say, well, there's such and such band here and there, and I list off all these dates and shows, and I get a collective sigh and meh 
for everything. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason being is, yeah, you'd love to go see, you know, whoever at the, you know, Fleetwood Mac reunion over at Red Rock show, whatever it is. But uh, there's this whole element of getting to Red Rocks. Yes. Which is out in the middle of pretty much nowhere. And then you have to park in this giant lot. And you got to have somebody who doesn't partake in the festivities that uh, go on at these concerts. And it's a beautiful place, but it always rains, no matter what's in forecast uh, for the weather there. And also, Mike, you nailed it, dude. $10 or 15 bucks a beer. The food is outrageous. Uh, it, it's just a whole thing. And so... Yeah, you've been to Red Rocks a few times. You've had some great moments, and you know it's fun to tailgate in the lot and all that. But then, after you've done it a couple times or what have you, you, you know, every time you're invited or you you think about going, you start to think more about the process of going and being there and kind of the hang up and getting out of the lot with the traffic than you really oh. do about the show. Yeah, I'm five hundred dollars down, and. It was six hours of misery yes. for an hour of like a good show. The traffic in the lot after the show is maybe one of the most heinous experiences. I, I was like, just getting in, getting out. I don't want to do it. You guys have made everything so miserable. Chicago, spend some money on infrastructure. Expand your fucking highway. And then maybe I will come into your city and partake in the festivities. Yes. Dude, I... Uh, didn't clip it for the show, but there was this great segment on Good Morning America that I found absolutely hilarious, and it, it was a one of the correspondents, I think it was the Marciano fella, but he, uh, they had him go and take a ride in an autonomous drone-powered electric cab that uh. they're pushing, and they there's many companies, including I think like Boeing and some other major players that are investing buco bucks into what they believe will be a future of autonomous electric drone powered uh, taxi cabbing and, and driving around like Jetsons, but you're not driving. Right. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I don't think the technology is there. But, dude, you just reminded me of something. Uh, I don't know how this reminded me of it, but crazy news for the dude, man. All right. Dude, I'm going to be in the St. Patrick's Day Parade. Wow. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, it's Chicago. For those that don't know, we dye the Chicago River green. Yes. The stuff they use to dye the river green is the stuff that we plumbers use to test sewer lines. Like if you want to <laughs> see where it's going. you know? That's right. It's our parade. Local 130 runs the parade. That's incredible. So we dye the river green, and then we run the parade, the St. Patrick's Day parade. Uh, actually, if you if you there's like there's this one wall in the training facility where they got a bunch of pictures of um, the fugitive, the movie. Yes, that's all I thought about was Harrison yeah. Ford escaping <laughs> yeah. through the St. Patty's Day parade yes, in Chicago. Man. Oh yeah, that was that was real, and that was all one thirty guys in that clip. So I'm going to be in that group that he runs through because what they're doing this year, I don't know, I think they did it a bunch of years, but I don't know. They just, they're doing, for sure this year, they're doing the uh, the plumbers who are veterans. We're all getting like special sweatshirts and then we're going to be in front. All right, man. Wow. 
Uh, so I'm gonna be in front of the parade, huh? Hey, good for you. That's awesome, man. I hope to uh, tune in and see you uh, at the front of the line there. Moving on up, huh? You gotta get one of those leprechaun hats that everybody wears. I'm gonna get a dude man hat. Ooh. Fucking advertise. Yeah. <laughs> you go. <laughs> Fastest hour in the universe. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but yeah, better be on the uh, Chicago parade. Well, that's fun. When when is it? What day is the St. Patrick's Day? It's gonna be the 16th of March, February. But, uh, week- or uh, March. Is this a weekday? Are we doing Saturday. weekday St. Patrick's Day? Saturday. Saturday. St. Patrick's 16th. Day, a weird one. I recall uh, four years ago I was trying to get off the weekend um, after it for a bachelor party, and I was uh, checking in on the bar where I worked to uh, see if I could uh, kind of barter some days with the fella that I needed to take my shift. And that was the day, it was uh, March 15th, I believe, uh, they shut down the bar for COVID-19. Wow. And we, we were squabbling over who would take the shift to work the St. Patrick's Day, which is a nightmare day for any bar tender or person <laughs> who works the food window in a bar. Uh, so <laughs> we were going back and forth. But I guess to you know, both of our advantages, St. Patrick's Day never happened. It uh, was everything was erased yeah, from time for the next three years. Actually, <laughs> that's <before> right. <laughs> Little did I know I'd never see the guy again. <laughs> I would never be back. <laughs> Frank walked a little taller. That day, <laughs> <as> he... <laughs> Call back. Squints Pelodormus. What was the guy's name? That was something uh, fantastic. Squints. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Uh, but every so. I worked in bars for a long time, and, you know, it is the worst, but it's the, you know, depending on where you are, one of the highest paying days to do the, you know, the St. Patrick's Day, Uh, and usually most places wouldn't let you take that day off in general anyways, but uh, we worked a one-man kitchen, and so it was just the luck of the Irish, if you will, uh, whether or not the day landed on your shift. And yeah. so uh, we were uh, just going back and forth. But either way, uh, there was always this kind of feeling and kind of excitement for the St. Patrick's Day in my mind for many, many years up until 2020. And then forever after that uh, fateful weekend, man, I got to say, uh, some there's something weird in the air about the middle of March, something uneasy, man, like almost like I don't, I don't trust what's going on right now. You, Frank, you should always be aware of the Ides of March. That's you know? right, man. <laughs> yes. <dude. laughs> uh, so this year, you know, we're heading into March on another election year. We should all be a little bit uh, on our toes, I think, and ready for anything. For sure. Yeah. Right. I I saw they are threatening or claiming there is a norovirus sweeping the country. Currently. No, they can't do the virus again. That's they, not working. They got the neurovirus, man. Come on. Eh, that's old news. We need some. <laughs> you know, COVID-19 was new. It was fresh. <laughs> you know, you're going to have to refresh to be fresh on this one. Uh, you're right. We need something we've never heard before. Something that'll just sweep people off their feet from a news perspective. Really draw them in. Let's, uh, let's get something... Something uh, fresh. I like your idea. Fresh to uh, a be fresh to refresh. 
Breaking news, U.S. fighter jets scrambled in the skies over the U.S. after reports of a high-altitude balloon flying over the western United States. Don't, oh, don't, Frank, 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 we're in 2024. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is, uh... Is this the clip from 2023? I think you did this last year. You no, played this, this clip. Is, this is the 2024 clip. I'm Breaking <laughs> news, U.S. fighter jets scrambled in the skies over the U.S. after reports of a high-altitude balloon flying over the western United States. Tonight, a U.S. official now confirming that NORAD aircraft intercepted the balloon some 40,000 feet over Utah. The balloon described as about 50 feet tall, carrying a small payload about two feet square. The incident, of course, coming a year after that Chinese surveillance <laughs> balloon was spotted over the U.S. <laughs> and then shot down off the coast of South Carolina days later. Tonight, of course, the main question, who is behind this the balloon? The problem is the balloons really tested good with the focus groups last year. I so know. now they're bringing it back for the election year. I noticed. Really sell it. I noticed we skipped over uh, exploded submersible uh, this season. <laughs> no submersible? <laughs> it didn't go as well as we planned. Um, I thought that was sensational. <laughs> I was really looking forward for this to the submersible, man. No, we put a billion in there and everything. They didn't care. It's crazy. We had something like a month ago that was a repeat as well. I yeah, I forgot what, what the it story was. was. And we're, we're doing space again. Well, well, you know what's sad is the next, the next submersible is going to be run by a tranny. <laughs> right. Sad, sad day. Well, maybe our submersible for this year will be the manned mission to the moon. It... it Pretty similar. We could use an Apollo 13 to bring everyone back together again. Oh, wow. Where's Tom Hanks? Right? Like, let's send them up there, but, oh, things went wrong. Something unforeseen, and now it's a mission to, to save their lives and bring uh, them back to Earth, and, and the world rallies together. And the best part is, it's going to be nothing but, like, a black chick and an Asian chick. Yes, that's right, man. So it's going to be, like, the gay dude and the black chick work together to bring back Apollo 13. Yes. Oh, it's going to be a great movie. This is good stuff. And then they can continue denying the firmament. It'll be beautiful. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> it wasn't their fault. There was an explosion. <laughs> yeah, dude. We need an Apollo 13 to bring people back together again. Unite the country, maybe even the world. Wasn't the most the world united around the Apollo 13 guys? Maybe I think most of the world was cheering for them to, to die. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They did not yeah. want us to have the supremacy of space. <laughs> no, no, I believe no, no. you own space. What? <laughs> it's like crazy to think that Elon Musk is just launching satellites. Yeah, well, what we landed the Odysseus, I believe, that moon lander that tipped over on its side. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> they had the shocks of a 1994 Escort. Yeah. That's right, man. Uh, so apparently only front-wheel drive on this uh, Moonlander. So <laughs> <laughs> you, you got mud in your tires. <laughs> so My cousin Vinny. Oh, yeah. That's right, man. <laughs> so it, uh, <laughs> I think the Odysseus also a privatized company i don't think that had anything actually to do with nasa that was some group no yeah i'm pretty sure that was a private company uh nasa i don't think has the funding truly actually to send anything legitimately to space isn't that why our manned moon thing is going to be a mix of a bunch of private groups and starlink or whatever right I, i feel like elon is involved in some way 
Is it? I don't know. I thought that was pure NASA. I really don't think NASA has any funding, and that's why there's so much SpaceX, like... How much did they give to the CIA? Jesus Christ. Well, the, the bigger question is how involved really is Elon with our black operations and pri- you know, private uh, you know, groups within the, the three-letter agencies? You know, we should be... Oh, it's a NASA project, dude. It is fully? All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that explains why it's been so successful, I guess, over the last few years. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> See, see what happens when the government's involved. Like, <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is Kamala Harris at her best, you know. You're saying the Odysseus moon lander that just happened—that was NASA. Oh wow. Okay. No, you're right. You're right. So the manned moon mission is NASA, but this lander right. was a private company. This, so the company, a private company, Intuitive Machines. That's right. Is the one that put this lander on there, but it's in cooperation with. Uh, NASA, in an effort to get the next, the yeah, because there's six. Apparently, there's six experiments. All right, that they're gonna do. This was one of them. Some of them being, but it's all through NASA. I mean, who do you think's paying for it? You know, you can call it a private <laughs> company, but I guarantee you they paid for it with government grants. Yeah, absolutely, and you know, again, we have uh, trillions, billions. What is it going towards? Black operations. Both here on Earth, but also in space. Black operations, I believe, is now up to 15 Ukraines. That's right, man. Yeah. <laughs> we measure our finances in Ukraines now. <laughs> How many Ukrainians? Well, billions sounds terrible, so we're just going to go Ukraines. You know? I have seen some weird footage. It's kind of disturbing of the means they're going to uh, in order to grab fighting age people off the street to, to go do this war. Uh, I think... You know, you alluded to it uh, not too long ago about how the numbers don't seem too real when it comes to the to the death count there on the Ukrainian side. Bro, one day they're telling us half a million died, and then today Zelensky's begging for money because 30,000 died. And, like, what? Yeah, and they're also, they're dragging people off the street to go fight on the front lines of this thing. It doesn't seem like it's really disturbing anything in the lives of the Russians or even Vladimir Putin. He he seemed to be <laughs> doing all right in that Tucker interview. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, we were making sausage, so me and Uncle Frank at one point, we started to, we were joking about basic training. Yeah. And it's just so funny to talk to him. There is such a different experience, such a different mentality. It's a totally different soldier. Between the guy who was grabbed from his home and drafted and forced to go join this army than the guy who volunteered, you know? <laughs> yes. Do you know what I mean? It Absolutely. was like, because there was, there was no point in my training where I could blame anybody except myself. Like, I volunteered to be here, you know? That's right. And then he listened to him talk about it. And the way he's talking about it, it's like, oh, yeah. You were, f- you were drafted. You were forced to be there. <laughs> There's a big difference between forced and volunteered. Well, forced, you know? I think you would have a little animosity towards the country you're fighting for, right? Animosity toward the world. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. 
Yes. <laughs> you know, you think you really want to go fight and die for this country that just drafted you and threw you into basic training, like took you away from your family. And he wasn't even American. Well, I... You know what I mean? These guys were immigrants from Italy. that the numbers are down I mean, something like they missed their mark by 41,000 recruits last year for the army and that's after they lowered the the uh quota they so they've they've already lowered the quota <laughs> every year and they still miss it by 40,000 well we've discussed this and it's now kind of looking like a potential reality they're going to try and push through some legislation to offer the newly brought on migrants full citizenship if they go join the army. Yeah, but I've always been okay with that. That's kind of what we did during like the Civil War. Haven't we always done this during war times? You know, you know who's always done that? Yeah, actually, I really like the way they do it. You, you, I know you've heard of it, but nobody really ever knows. The French Foreign Legion. All right, I'm not familiar with the Legion there. Yeah, the... Really? Yeah, see, a lot of people don't... So, for, you could pretty much be anybody, dude. You could be, like, the piece, the biggest piece of shit in the world. As long as you're not... As long as... I think it's... I believe it's... As long as you're not on the run from the law for murder or rape, they will take you. Okay. You to, <laughs> yeah, so, like, let's say you, like, you know, you could be... You could be a robber, you could be, you know, assault, all that. You could have this, like, rap sheet. You could be on the run from the law. You could, be a, you could even be a deserter from the U.S. Army, you right know? On, yeah, yeah. You, you deserted. All you have to do is make your way to France. You go to a recruitment office, and if they, you do an interview, and if they accept you into the French Foreign Legion, you ex, you, you're now a soldier in the French Foreign Legion. They give you a new identity, and oh. you become a French citizen. And that's it. Everything's forgotten. Forgiven. Wow, you get the whole new name and the social security card and everything. You're now a bang, you're huh? a new citizen. Wow. It's, a, it's a whole it's like it's literally like a restart, hmm. you know? But you have to serve your time. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no. It's not it's not like here's your passport, go go fuck some hookers in France. And here's no. a debit card that will fill with ten grand every month. <laughs> No, no, no. You have to pass the training. And then they're one of like the most elite fighting forces in the world. All right. Well, so, we did get a lot of military aged males crossing through the border, so why not, man? Oh no, that's what I'm saying. I would be all for that. Listen, you li, listen, you li, uh Venezuela released you from a prison and sent you across the border because you're a piece of shit criminal. <laughs> that's right. Fine. <laughs> Join the army. If you do good in the army, you know. The problem is people don't understand, like, like what I just said, it sounds really great. I'm going to join the French Foreign Legion. But now you are subject to a whole different, uh, whole different set of rules. You know what I mean? And your punishments for soldiers are always way more than punishments for civilians. Because you're supposed to have a level of discipline, you know? Sure, yeah. I mean, one of the greatest or worst marks on your name uh, would be the dishonorable discharge. Right, and that's why I think you know. Hey, you want to? You came here illegally. You want to be in the military? You join up, but you gotta understand now you're 
now you fall under the uniform code of military justice. Wow. All right, man. Yeah, the challenge is on yeah. then. Interesting. I, I didn't really think you'd be down with it, or I wasn't really sure where you would land. I mean, you know, do we risk then populating our military with a bunch of individuals who maybe don't have a certain level of allegiance to the country that they're putting the uniform on for? I don't... I think you would eliminate... I don't know. I just... I, I I don't know. Well, you know what gets me is, let's say they try to do the next... Disease X lockdowns, and they say, hmm, you know what we got to do this time? Let's let's send the military onto the streets, and now our military is filled with people who, uh, you know, they're not really marching down the streets that they grew up on, or, and they're not really putting arms against their own neighbors, right? They're not really from here, so these individuals may not uh, be so inclined to be, you know, hesitant to pull the trigger. See, as a guy who has been in, I gotta tell you, I, there's no way you could guarantee either or, and even the for you know the French Foreign Legion has that problem where they do have to kick out a lot of people because they resort they end up resorting back to their old means, their old ways. Uh, but I do think you know I think we gotta stop looking at these problems as like all good or all bad. So I think if you just let these guys join the military, there is gonna be some bad. But the overall good will outweigh the bad. You know, you're, I, I think you will get more guys who do end up, you know, drinking the Kool Aid of that of that army training and just falling in love with America, and you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. I mean, they may be very grateful for the opportunity, which is really what the you're gonna have about. the guys who yeah. are shit. You know what I mean? And, you know, they, maybe they were even sent here to be shit, you know, but. Well, I saw a report out of San Diego. Uh, it was a local San Diego affiliate where they have definitively counted uh, more Chinese nationals co- coming in through the border than um, South American. Yeah. So, and, and, and again, like, in. I know it's, um, you know, <clears throat> I don't think China is sending a million men, young men over here because they want to set up an army of a million young men. I think, if anything, they're sending a million young men because they know 850,000 of them are going to, like, see an American woman fall in love and just become American. <laughs> You know, but a small, it's going to be a small percentage of them that are able to maintain that military discipline and all that for any, like, any serious longevity. Well, I got, you know, China's an interesting place. We kind of forget a lot that they've implemented this one child policy for many generations, which ended up resulting in no, uh, you know, a shortage of women and a lot of single dudes. And so, and it's also a very strict and harsh communist state and their surveillance and, and the way that they, you know, keep people in the country. It's, it's very intense. But not, it goes beyond that. It goes to like a cultural thing. Dude. dude, imagine you live in a country where you want to get married and have kids like most men instinctually do. But now you have to take care of your parents, her parents. And your family financially, you know, that's what right. I mean? And you're like, yeah. 
wait a minute. And then they send you to this place, America, where nobody even knows their family. I don't know. My family's in Colorado, Florida. There's some here. I don't, I don't know. They take care of them. Now they take care of themselves. Oh, you know, I'm just going to give you this white American pussy for nothing. You know? Wow. Yeah. I Well, again, that's what I was kind of hinting at. Like, maybe when it comes to the Chinese fellas illegally coming here, they're escaping uh, a very lonely life of, you know, um, surveillance-based solitude, you know? And yeah. They'll come over yeah. to America where, like, you're still being surveilled, but, it, you know, at least there's more women. It was one of my biggest arguments towards people who would argue with me about, like, what we're doing, what we were doing in the Middle East back when I was in the Army. Oh, yeah. And I would always say, we've been over there for, at that point, it was, like, almost 10 years, and I was like, no American soldiers are defecting to become an Iranian or an Afghan. <laughs> That's right. You know what I mean? Yes. But there are millions of Afghan and Iranians begging to come work with the U.S. and hopefully get a citizenship one day. You know what I mean? And that's how I know we're right. You and know? That's how I know we're, that's how I, we're not a racist country. That's how I know. Well, that, well, that's why I feel like I'm on the right side of history. I know yes. you guys on the left are obsessed with that. Absolutely. You know? And dude, have <laughs> I've not been paying attention, but I think Friday, maybe somewhere around the weekend, uh, did they have another primary in Nikki Haley's state? Nikki Haley lost in her home state, dude. Right, <laughs> the darling yeah. of the uh, Democratic Party. At least she lost to a person this time. Yes, there was somebody else, a human, on the ballot that she had to go against. <laughs> She didn't lose to nobody. Right. I will give her that. Yes, you know? absolutely. That's a step up. She's moved in the right direction. <laughs> All positive. Now you're losing to actual people. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> um, I I was not following it. I think you know here in Colorado we got our ballots and our our uh, situation is uh, the Super Tuesday here, March fifth. And we're fortunate to have Trump on the ballot, but they're saying, you know, beware those who vote Republican. If, if you put your vote for Trump, there's a chance that you may be throwing your vote away, right? No. Oh, yeah, man. What if, what if he goes to jail and he's not the Republican uh, candidate? Uh, and how does that not consider uh, election interference? <laughs> you know? That's what they're saying, man. You best be careful, right? But uh, it's, it's funny that it's going on. It seems a foregone conclusion that we are staring down the barrel like a video photographer shooting an Alec Baldwin movie of the <laughs> Biden v. Trump 2024 ticket. Um, why must we kid ourselves and look at anything else in any other light? Well, they had this primary, right? Nikki Haley gets uh, trounced in her home state there against Trump, um, as everybody expected. And you're right. Good for her that it was not just nobody. Well, I got a, another fantastic clip of Joy Reid, who they keep throwing out on the MSNBC panels for these of primary course. nights. And there's, I don't know what it is with this lady, man, but... She is pretty brilliant at finding something racist about everything in every situation. <laughs> She's always digging on the details on the white people involved in this situation. So 
she's she, she's gonna lay it out for us why Nikki Haley lost and Trump won again in this primary there in North. Uh, where was this? Wait. North Carolina. I can't remember. South Carolina. South Car- okay, so uh, Joy Reid will give you the home of Fort Jackson. <laughs> she's gonna. Oh, there you go. Joy Reid is gonna explain to you why this all occurred. Two questions here we've been asking in these early primary contests from the exit polls and just wanted to get your read on these because we've talked about them a lot. I think they sort of serve as proxy questions in some ways. Number one, did Joe Biden legitimately win in 2020? That's one of the exit polls. Um, Yes gets 32 percent of the folks voting in South Carolina, according to our exit polls. No gets 65 percent. So two thirds, one thirds there. And then a question about if Trump is convicted, is he fit to be president? Should he face criminal conviction in any one of the outstanding 91 indictments he faces? Um, You get, again, very similar numbers. Yes, he's still fit at 65. No, he's not at 32. Again, a sort of two-thirds, one-third. What's your read on that? Right. And I think that you can go back to what Steve was just saying about the makeup of this electorate. I mean, this is a, what, 92 percent white, overwhelmingly evangelical Christian primary electorate in South Carolina. And I think writ large around the country, that is the way they think. I mean, even among the independent voters who are about, what, 21 percent of this electorate, it's like almost a 50-50 question as to whether President Biden is the legitimate president of the United States. That is what the Republican Party is now. It is a baseline condition of being a base Republican right now that you do not believe that the 2020 election was legitimate. You believe that Donald Trump is the rightful president of the United States. You believe that he's the most electable candidate. That's also in these exit polls, more so than Nikki Haley. It's such a fucking loaded question. Because what do you mean was the 2020 legitimate? What do you mean? Because they changed the rules of the election in, all, in like, half the state. You know what I mean? Like, what do you mean by legitimate? Right, and I think a lot of people out there see a lot of illegitimacy behind mail-in voting. Yes. Not only that, you guys, because of this fake pandemic, you guys created this pandemic, <laughs> Right. And this insane reaction to the pandemic. Right. And then you use that as, as an excuse to change the rules of the election. In some states, like Pennsylvania, their Supreme Court found that it was unconstitutional the way they changed the rules. Exactly. You know? Yes. So, <laughs> what, to, to me, that's a sign of illegitimacy. Now, okay, Biden's the president. He's been in the office. Fine, I've accepted it. But that's still an illegitimate election, right? Absolutely, but I don't know Not if I can accept the determination by a Supreme Court in Pennsylvania. I mean, is it comprised of five black women? <laughs> oh, good God! Good God! I think there was a white man. Yeah, others. <laughs> otherwise, I don't know if I don't know if they're if they're legitimate, right? How how could they finally? How could they come <laughs> to a ruling on this situation if they don't have the life experience of a poor black woman? We we should find you out know? what they decided there in New York because the New York Supreme Court has the five black women. Uh, maybe that then we'll get a more concise conclusion on. on yeah, that. they have the truth. Truth <laughs> over facts, or facts over truth. Oh, Joy Reid, man, always pulling out the racism in these uh, situations. I I really love it. Like, no, see, they voted this way because didn't you see they're ninety two percent white, right? Yeah. Like, this is. <laughs> it's amazing to think that like 
92% of all white people think the exact same way. It's insane to think that about any group. That's well, that's my it's point. It's actually racist that's what, to that's think my that point, about dude. any group. You that know? is my absolute point. To just assume that 92% of all white people think exactly the same and have all the exact same aligning <laughs> politics, philosophical, and religious beliefs. Like, just just statistically speaking... No president could have won without white voters. Like, Barack Obama had to have white voters, right? Yes. Otherwise, he would not have won. So, you know. It's just this amazing assumption and grouping of all people based on the skin color. It just leads to outrageous situations like Joe Biden showing up to a family's house with chicken fingers and cheeseburgers. (laughs) No, no, chicken fingers for the black folk. He's going to eat a hamburger, though. That was so racist. <laughs> he did. Did you see over the last week or so? He, he, I think there was one day he dropped into three black churches on Sunday. Oh. Yeah. Oh, man. He's, he's going full he's on. He's trying so hard. They're going all in, man. They're not even I can't wait to see it. the Biden sneakers. I heard he just played saxophone on our Senior Hall show <laughs> the other day. It was CGI. I didn't want to. I didn't want to pander like uh, like Trump, so I, d- I did the Biden wife beater. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> I mean, day goatee. Yeah, man, they're they're going all in the churches, the diners. He's he's eating at the diners for sure. Um, I guess it's cool. I guess that's what you want to do. I love how he's like trying to prove he's not racist, so he's going to a black diner in the south. I mean, are we living in 1950s? <laughs> right. <laughs> Isn't is, is that the average black American? Is that a diner in the South? You know? <laughs> it's uh, funny. Did you watch that clip I sent you from Good Times? No. Man, uh, I landed on some Good Times, the old show, uh, on one of these uh, channels here. On uh, the cable box that I love to flip through, and it was uh, one of their earlier seasons, and the dad sits down the kid, and uh, they talk about how he was not good in school, or he was disrespectful for the teacher, and it turns out that the kid was just kind of laying down some facts, historical facts on black history to the teacher and all this stuff, and the dad ended up being really impressed with him, and uh, it, it was it was a very interesting episode because leading up to the moment, you know, the dad was like pacing back and forth, and everyone's trying to talk him out of you know giving the kid a whooping for getting in trouble at school, you know, and he's like, no, I gotta be a strong dad and like teach him a lesson and all this stuff, mm. and uh, it, it was a uh, it was an interesting episode, and for the kid to end up being like, no, dad, you know, I was just kind of teach you know telling the teacher about you know some black history that I you know. Uh, that they should be teaching about. And then the mom comes in and says, you know, the lesson here for the kid to learn is that it is important for uh, black history to be there, but that it's also important to know the, the foundational history uh, and, and to put them together and all this stuff. And it, it, I was like shocked, man. I'm mm. like, dude, this is like 1973. This is some deep stuff for a sitcom on for like 20 <laughs> minutes, man. It's incredible. And like, dude. Did they just solve racism? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, we, were, we were handling 
really <laughs> complex issues and solving those issues within a 20-minute time frame on sitcoms in the 70s, man. Like, And we're rehashing this race war and all this crap, man. We've gone so backwards, dude. Just What are you talking about, Frank? <laughs> oh, you're close. <laughs> Different strokes. But uh, <laughs> the good times of the dynamite. Yeah, you're right, man. They used to fucking tackle that. Dude, we and you're right in the money, though. Think of different strokes. It was the white rich guy in the city adopting the two poor black kids and giving them a a start in life, but then they both end up teaching each other about life and culture and stuff, Mm. you know? Like, man, we, what happened, dude? How did we forget all of this stuff? Like, it was so commonplace and it was so ingrained in our social fabric and structure that we had sitcoms just talking about it. That's how simple it was. Yeah, but then we had to get rid of the white man altogether. Well, you know? Now we need Joy Reid to go on there and tell us we're racist every night on MSNBC. <laughs> That's what racist we Racist because you voted for Trump. Not the <laughs> other white man. I, I don't even know. Like, who did you want me to vote for? Yes, exactly. You know what I mean? Like your party is no better. You are, you know, one party has an old white man. The other party has an old white man. Yes. What's going on here? Oh man, good times, please, folks. When you when you have a good time of your own, uh, to hang out and chill, <laughs> check it out. Was that Archie Bunker? The... No, no, that was uh, All in the Family. All in the Family. That's what I was thinking. I can't remember good times for some reason. That's the Dynamite guy. He had the Fisher's hat on. I remember the Dynamite guy, but that's like the only thing I remember. Yeah, and I even think like the guy who plays the dad at some point got replaced by another actor. And Oh, that's a kiss of death. I really love how they used to just replace people and never skip a beat on the show or the script. You know who did that? I totally forgot. I was watching these reruns. It's it was literally like one episode to another. Uh, Seinfeld changed out Jerry's dad. Yes, yeah. Like just totally. It was like three episodes. It was one guy, and then they changed him. Every there were so many shows that did that when we grew up, man. Like the sitcoms, you know that it, it was a money maker, right? You got the advertisers, you know, cashing in. So. Yeah. Actor dies, or they do something offensive, or go to jail. Like, well, we'll just replace them, and nobody will say anything. <laughs> it was awesome. Dude, that guy kind of looks like OJ Simpson, you know. You talking about the dynamite? Is John Amos the guy from uh, uh, John Stamos? John Amos. <laughs> John Amos. Oh man, no. Who's that's John the black Amos? guy from the Good Times. Okay, that's him. That's dynamite. The- no, that's the dad. Oh, all right. Yeah. Is he also the guy from Coming to America? He's got to be. Oh, maybe. I thought that was James Earl he Jones. Is. It is him. Oh, wow. Oh, no, yeah. James Earl Jones. Yeah, James no, Earl Jones. No, that's the guy from uh, Sandlot. Yes, you're right. And also, right? yeah, the voice of Darth Vader. Is he the voice of Darth Vader? He's the voice of Darth Vader. Only the voice? He just does the voice. Yeah, they had some seven-foot white dude play Darth Vader. (laughs) 
I'm not kidding. <laughs> yeah, dude, he is the guy from Coming to America. Yeah, John Amos. All right, is the is the dad in uh in Good Times? Man, this guy's been in a lot of movies. in Coming to America. Oh, all right, and Good oh, Times. Oh, and Good Times. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got typecasted. That's okay. It happens. But he's also, you know, he's the guy that runs the Whack Donalds or whatever it is. Uh, oh yeah, McDowell's <laughs> Whack Donalds. <laughs> That's from that's from Dave Chappelle. It's Dave Chappelle show, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know that skit doesn't make sense now because if you go work at McDonald's, you're making like twenty bucks an hour. And oh, you're making co- more than the plumber. I that's promise. That's right, you know. dude. You're making you're making great money, and you have like full ride health coverage and two weeks paid vacation, nine months maternity leave. I, and I can't get people to understand like. It's insulting to the plumber who spends four years in an apprenticeship to master the trade to then be like, no, the barista, that's skilled labor. <laughs> Making a coffee? Well, I like the idea of creating all these regulations and laws that make it impossible to run a business. So business creators, they're going to skip town. You're left with McDonald's and Burger King's. And who's going to move to California? People are like, oh, man, they're paying 20 bucks an hour to work at McDonald's. Those are the people who are coming to your state because they That's know they can, they can make 20 bucks an hour. You're not getting the best. They're not sending their best. No, some yeah. I assume are good people. Some. But I'm just saying. <laughs> Every, dude, uh, this one guy, he's like super liberal. He's one of these liberals that never gets it. You know, I always say they get so close they're right? almost there yeah they're right there and he was talking about uh apparently it came out this is so deep i didn't even see this <laughs> but apparently it was in one of these news things venezuela apparently got caught sending uh, uh they were like clearing out their prisons of people that they, it's, it's kind of like these people they they can't prove that they're gang related but they know they're gang related right you know i mean yes it's, it's so they're just kicking them out. They're exiling them from the country and sending them up the border. Wow. And this guy was talking about I didn't even hear about it. This guy was talking about it. I just go, yeah, and I assume they're not sending their best. <laughs> yes. And it was one of those, like, record, record scratches, you know, where you could just see his head, like, he was, it was like it was, the wheels started turning, you know what I mean? It was like, I've heard that before. <laughs> who said you that know? before? Where, yeah, who said that before? <laughs> I assume they're not sending their best. Ooh, man, uh, prophetic in a, in a lot of ways, dude. Trump said so many things during the election cycles that rang true, almost too true now, man. Uh, the potential World War III, the uh, destruction of the economy. I mean, he, he kind of knew, right, that that's yeah. what they wanted to do. Well, you know, all the things they try to say about Joe Biden, it's like, why? Do, like, they try to talk about Joe Biden and his age. Oh, Frank, he's a little slow. He's 80 years old, but he's got that life experience. <laughs> That's right. It's like, yeah, but, but Donald Trump is also 80 years old, and he's had a life experience building businesses, you know, running shit. I kind of trust his view over the guy who sat there taking money for 40 <laughs> years, you know? Yes. <laughs> Joe Biden, all he did was just embezzle money from other countries. And he's still doing it, man. I mean, they keep forcing us to funnel more money to Ukraine. Uh, you know, the big guy's got to get paid, dude. And 
this thing, they're probably going to increase the funneling this year because they see the end upon them and their reign of terror, right? It, it comes... Uh, oh, absolutely. Th- they're absolutely. done in January next year, right? So um, they got to get what they can while the getting's good. Yeah, for sure. Um, and maybe maybe yeah, all please. things... Oh, yeah, what what you got? Uh, what do you have there? Oh, uh, dude, I didn't mean to interrupt, but you got something on here that I've been dying to talk about. Um, what is that? Uh, it's been <laughs> on here for a couple of weeks. Oh, wow. And it's, it's just uh, 60,000 Hiroshima bombs. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> With Al Gore climate change. And you know me, man. You can't put Al Gore on the docket without me wondering what you got for me. Okay, I think this is it. <laughs> All right, here we go. We'll toss it out there. As the Secretary General said in his brilliant speech uh, earlier today, we are not winning. The crisis is still getting worse faster than we are deploying these solutions, and we need to make changes quickly. Emissions are still going up. All these promises of the last few years to cut emissions, emissions are still going up. When are we going to bring these emissions down? And and just to put the science in a a slightly different context, people are familiar with that thin blue line that the uh, astronauts bring back in their pictures from space. That's the the part of the atmosphere that has oxygen, the troposphere, uh, and it's only five to seven kilometers thick. That's what we're using as an open sewer. If you could drive a car straight up in the air at interstate highway speeds, you'd get to the top of that blue line in five minutes. And all the greenhouse gas pollution would be below you. We're still putting 162 million tons into it every single day. And the accumulated amount is now trapping as much extra heat as would be released by 600,000 Hiroshima-class atomic bombs exploding every single day (laughs) a week. (laughs) I'll backtrack a little here. 1,000 Hiroshima-class atomic bombs exploding every single day on the Earth. That's what's boiling the oceans, creating these atmospheric rivers and the rain bombs. Boiling the oceans. Yes, and it's why we're constantly being rained upon with the acid. That they the uh, promised us in our river. <laughs> Acid Dude, rain, so right. They talk about how much we're pumping in. They never talk about, like, the half-life of these gases and, like, how fast is it dissipating from there. You know what I mean? And, yes. Like, it, it's insane. Oh, that uh, is. But then they spray whatever the hell they're spraying in their chemtrails all day long over various cities around America. Like, don't but worry about that. After the speech, he jumped into his private jet and went across the world. Yes. Yes, man. To talk a, to on. another forum about how every day we're exploding 60,000 Hiroshima bombs in the atmosphere. And only one of them came from my plane. <laughs> you know what I mean? Go fuck yourself, dude. Who are you? Oh, I'm Al You're, Gore. I'm a vice uh, president. I would have been president if it wasn't for that hanging chad. <laughs> the hanging chad. I mean, okay, Al Gore, if I make you president and give you unlimited funds, you can save the world. So I'm supposed to believe Al Gore. Al Gore can save. His wife is Tipper Gore. Her big mission in life is to get rid of swear words and songs. <laughs> That's right. Uh, these are the people that are going to save the world. Well, you know, here's my question, actually, for Al Gore. Let's say we give you, Al, unlimited funding. Now, 
how many times do you need to fly around the world in your private jet to save the planet? <laughs> I love I love the magic wand question. I give you a magic wand that can do anything you want. What do you do to save the world? Are you talking to me? Al Gore. Oh, Al you know, Gore. Anybody. Well, yeah, he's going to... Ha- well, he would say abracadabra alakamazoo, right? And he'll do his little spell, and he'll have an entire field worth of private jets for him to fly around the whole world with endlessly. <laughs> and to rent out to his billionaire companion. <laughs> That's right. Where's uh, Greta Thunberg? How dare you? <laughs> well, same uh, Greta Thunberg. I give you a magic wand. What do you do to save the world? Uh, it, <laughs> do, do, my, my whole point to that question is, are you going to do anything? Because does the world really need saving? You know what I mean? Exactly. Yes. I don't think this world needs saving. I think the world is fine. I think you people need votes. Fine? Mike, we got 60,000 Hiroshima bombs being exploded in the atmosphere, man. The oceans are boiling. <laughs> uh, Mr. Gore, I just read an article that uh, the coral reefs in Australia have seen a 30% increase. They're the back. greatest they've seen in 30 years. The waters are boiling. <laughs> <laughs> so outrageous. Almost like the earth goes through, I don't know, cycles. And we, we cycles. warm up, we cool off, go back and forth. Frank, okay, tell me I'm wrong with this one. I can't get anybody to listen to me, and I hope you agree with me. <laughs> one of the, if you're a landscaper, you also do snow plowing in Chicago. Oh, yeah. Right? That's right, man. It, it, they, that's what you do. I just, you stop me when I'm completely off the tracks wrong, right? In landscaping, the way it works, especially in the wintertime, is you're going to get like, you're going to get these cycles where like, there's four or five years of just kind of like average snowfall. Then you're going to get like maybe four or five years, about four years of like, holy shit, I can't believe how much it snowed. That's right. It's snowing feet. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And during those four years, Every asshole in the world who thinks he's going to make a, a fortune off of snow plowing, they run out, they buy a brand new truck, <laughs> they buy the 10-foot western plow with the hand control, you know what I mean? That's right. And then what happens? You hit this, like, four-year period where there's no snow. It's actually fucking, we have, like, these warm winters. Those are the El Nino years. That's right. You get these El Nino seasons where it's just, like, it's fucking too warm. You don't even salt. You don't even snow. And those, you wait till you get like two, three, maybe even, you know, two or three seasons of those El Nino years, those warm years. That's when you can drive up and down the street and just see all those trucks for sale. <laughs> nobody, you know what I mean? They can't afford the fucking payments, dude. They're not making any money on them. Right. And then what happens? Boom. You get hit back with that four year cycle of like crazy snow and everybody's trying to buy a truck now. That's you right, know. man. We just had a three- to four-year cycle here of incredible snow. Now, oh, it's a little warm. Nothing. Am I wrong? Dude, am I wrong? I, I, people, are, people keep telling me I'm crazy, and I keep telling them, no, I grew up paying attention to the weather because I did landscaping. Exactly. So, That's why I am so obsessed with the chemtrails and the shit going on in the sky here. Uh, in Colorado, I've just always been uh, outside and obsessed with the sky. In tune with the weather. 
In tune, absolutely. It's easy to convince these people with this climate change bullshit because nobody really pays attention. So they don't remember what it was like two years ago, three years ago, four years (laughs) ago. You know what I mean? Like I try, I try to tell people, like, dude, I think it was about five years ago. You could not find a truck in Chicago. Everybody was buying four wheel drive trucks and putting a plow on it because we had like three years of insane snowfall. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, you couldn't plow it fast enough, right? That's right. And then we get hit with like this. Now we're in a warm cycle. And I'm telling you, this was like the warmest one. And we've been on like this four year cycle. Dude. Maybe not next year, but in a couple of years, we're going to go back into that cold winter. That's right, man. What do I keep saying on the show? The averages never change. So, yes, it's 60 degrees today in February in Chicago, but the average is still 30. That's right. Because it's right. Am I crazy? Not at all. And we're not crazy for thinking time flies by, but folks, ah, there's no doubt about do it. it. <laughs> Fastest hour in the universe. I got to go to a soiree foray somewhere out in Denver. So uh, thanks for hanging out, dude, Sean. We appreciate it. And all the Love commentary you, dude, during both shows. Uh, good times had by all. We will be back on Wednesday. Uh, Mike, Only one man. way to end the show. Yeah. Oh, no. It has to be to the overroad. We are so sorry. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great week, my comrades.